my name is Madison. This is Laura Lee. We are the PCLs at the Career Center. I am Tyrese Reed. I am currently a grad student at Illinois Springfield, also a GPSI intern, and I am a former alum of Knox College. I'm Corey McKnight. I'm also a recent grad at Knox, class of 2021. Um, I'm also at the University of Illinois Springfield as a grad student, and I'm also in the GPSI program. Yeah, and I'm Myra Kaufman. I'm the assistant director for the Graduate Public Service Intern Program, or GPSI, as you'll probably hear it referred to. And sadly, I am not a Knox alumni. <laughs> Dang, you should have been. <laughs> Go back about 12 years. <laughs> yeah, so our first question that we have is just um, for Myra, like specifically, but then you guys can also jump in, you know, if you have anything else to say. Um, and it's just, can you talk about the graduate intern programs that are offered and kind of like what they are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the University of Illinois Springfield, we're part of the University of Illinois system, which of course most people know, but there are three schools within that system. So Springfield is um, the school located within the state capitol. And the Office of Graduate Intern Programs has two internship programs, um, and then the University of Illinois Springfield has another um, opportunity for graduate students called a graduate assistantship program. So within the graduate or within the Office of Graduate Intern Programs, we have the Graduate Public Service Internship, or GPSI for short, and then we have the Illinois Legislative Staff Intern Program as well, um, also known as ILSIP. And both of those two programs have actually been around for over 45 years. Um, ILSIP particularly just celebrated its 50th year. Um, so they're really tried and true programs within the city of Springfield. And um, within GPSI specifically, we offer graduate students at UIS, um, internship opportunities within state government, nonprofit associations, things like that. Um, and it also comes with a tuition waiver, which would help them pay for their graduate degrees, pays them a monthly stipend, um, and gets them some really good work experience and exposure. And ILSIP, on the other hand, um, provides legislative internship opportunities to students who have achieved their bachelor's degrees. Um, so two kind of different experiences, but um, both Tyrese and Corey are within the GPSI program. So probably what more we're going to hear about from them is going to be the GPSI focus there. Well, kind of fo like following up with um, Laura Lee's question, is there any benefits that the program offers with internshipping in graduate school? Because I believe there is a difference between like, you know, the experiencing the experiences you have and like the things that you learn from like graduate school, doing an internship in graduate school versus undergrad. Yeah, um, and I can let Corey and Reese discuss maybe the their personal or professional benefits that they're getting from it. But as far as financial benefits, we do provide a tuition waiver that assists with the cost of their graduate education. Um, so we cover up to 22 academic hours for them each year. Um, and most students are with us for two years. So that usually equals about 44 hours of tuition waiver. But we can keep a student on as long as they want to stay in their graduate program and as long as they want to stay in the internship. Um, and then we also provide a monthly stipend. So they're earning a paycheck with the work that they're doing as well. Um, so those are kind of the financial benefits. Um, if you look at kind of other programs, um, there are a lot of programs around, you know, the United States that will give you tuition assistance for your graduate degree. So I always encourage any student who's looking at a graduate degree to go somewhere that will give you uh, financial assistance towards your degree. 
Um, but our stipends are very competitive. They're, they're comparable to what a lot of other places are paying their graduate students. Um, and our tuition waiver covers the full on-ground rate for classes. So um, typically, as long as students stay within the parameters that we um, give for financial assistance, the majority of their degrees are covered through this program. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's nice to not have to worry about tuition for like those years that you're a part of it. Um, mm -hmm. And like, yeah, kind of just speaking <laughs> off of that, um, what are like, why did you guys choose to apply? Like, what made you guys like, oh, I definitely want to like be a part of like this program? Oh, I, I think this is a, definitely, definitely a, a suitable question. So um, I know I've interacted a little bit with Laura Lee at the, you know, pleasure of doing Kurt interview for John Haslam and the the whole CTL tutoring and stuff. So my path to Knox, I always talk about it being very unconventional. And I think my path even leaving Knox is also unconventional. So for the longest of times, I knew that I wanted to go to law school. And um, well, not many people know, and as Myra pointed out back there, actually I have my first research I've ever done. So at Knox, I was a McNair scholar. So I got a chance to do two summer projects as well as mentor a lot of different projects, which is really cool, really awesome, especially to see some of the people that I'm mentoring kind of take that step. So for me, I really fell in love with research and I started to have, I don't want to say doubts about law school, but I, I kind of had a, a little moment of, well, what could I do in the meantime? You know, I really wanted to pursue um, research, but I didn't want to do something such as a PhD, not because I wasn't ready for it or I couldn't be. I think your Knox education very much propel, prepares you for the next step. It was more so I wanted to do something that I was able to still experience the real world, right? Because up until this point, um, my junior year is when I found out about the GPSI program from my advisor. So at this point, I'm 20. I was a very young student, so I'm 20 at this point when I'm hearing about the program, and I didn't really take it serious until my senior year, right? Because up until this point for, what, 13, 14, 15 years for some of us, school has just always been the same thing. You know, you go to class, you get the information, and you basically regurgitate the information back for a final, right? And that's fine, and that's cool, but what I really enjoyed was being able to have discussions at seminars for these researches, so for me, I decided that I was going to put law school on the back burner, which I didn't really come to, to terms with that all senior year. It was kind of weird um, being in that process. And then you kind of just apply for it. And I knew like just talking with my advisor and going through everything and looking at the benefits that Myra mentioned, it's like, this is a really good deal. Like, this is a really good deal. I mean, my tuition is paid for and I'm an out of student and out of state student. So I mean, that's even a, a bigger deal, right? Because the, the tuition difference. Um, so when I looked at the cost of benefits, well, I could go to a PhD, but then my life is just kind of this dissertation now at this point. And not that, you know, anyone who wants to go get a PhD, just kind of not where I was. Or I can go to law school and that is now 100, 150, maybe $200,000 worth of debt <laughs> that I, I have to pay back. Um, and then you look at this program and they're like, hey, we will pay you to get your master's. Like, you're going to pay me to get like, yeah, you know, who else is doing that? Um, so my first instinct was, 
just kind of not to go through it alone. And I will say I did have some selfish benefits outside of like, hey, this is a good program. For me, it's like also looking at room and board who I want to live with. I've known Corey for four years and, you know, he's he's like a brother to me. So why not selfishly pull him into this program, you know, and I can cover it up by saying, hey, your master's degree is paid for, you know. Um, so Corey and I both share similarities in the economics and business world. So just kind of over the course of looking at what program would fit for me, I discovered the MBA program. Um, Myra is super responsive, super awesome with emails, which is something that you don't get a lot of places. I looked at a lot of different master programs and PhD programs, and there were some people I didn't hear back from for like two, three weeks. And I'm like, well, this isn't a way to show me that your school wants me here, you know, and now they still email me like, hey, come here. Sorry, SLU, I'm I'm already committed to, to a master's program, right? Um but for me, it was really that real life experience. And I know with COVID, there are some challenges that we had, I do believe, Myra, where a lot of the interviews had to be conducted within a week, <laughs> which that part was kind of kind of hectic. But when you get to actually see some of the programs that are done from where I am now with labor relations to procurement, and Corey can talk a little bit about the things that he saw, that was a real life experience that I was looking for. and. Um, what I'm doing now with labor relations, I think, is something that you don't get to see in um, in law school. Like, for example, my girlfriend who attends law school, um, she's taking a class on negotiations. My job literally is negotiation. So what she has to pay for, I get to experience on a different level, you know, not to, not to put down law school, but just kind of that real life exposure is a little bit better um, in terms of. Right. Just sitting in the class. Yeah. Mm hmm. I know for myself, um, grad school was always something that I was unsure about, um, even after my first year at Knox, just because, you know, when you're paying all that money to go to undergrad, it's like, can you really, you know, afford to start thinking about grad school? Um, and so, you know, I didn't want to put, you know, that extra stress on my, on my family again to, you know, go through more schooling. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of didn't really think about grad school sophomore and junior year. And then when we came back to Knox for senior year uh, at the start of 2020, um, you know, Reese was always in my ear about the program here at UIS. Um, you know, every time we would hang out, you know, in his room and I'd leave, he's like, man, you know, there's this program down in Springfield. I think you should take a look at it. And the first few times I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. And then like he kept, he kept saying, he was like, don't forget about that program down in Springfield, man. Like, I think you should really, really take a look at it. And I'm like, all right. And then he started getting into like, you know, the benefits and everything like that. And, you know, the more he talked about it with me, the more I started to get sold on it. And I went back and told, you know, my parents about it and everything like that. And, you know, I'm from the Neighborville Aurora area. So Springfield's only three hours away. So it was kind of, you know, almost in my backyard a little bit. And so my parents were like, okay, you're going to get a chance to get your master's. It's going to be paid for. You're going to get that experience. And you're going to be, you know, relatively close to home, just like you were for Knox. And they were like, you know, we're all for it, you know? So I was like, well, I got the green light for my parents. And I know that my best friend for the last four years is going to be going down there with me. You know, why not, you know, why not take advantage of that opportunity? So, um, 
we went through the application process and everything like that. And Carly, who was our admissions advisor, super helpful with, you know, all the information and things like that. Um, you know, and I got in in March and everything. That was a big deal. And then it was time, you know, for the GPSI interviews and everything like that. And when I when I saw the different, you know, opportunities that they had, you know, that was even more of a reason to be even more sold just because there was such a wide range of different things that you could, you know, get get experience in. And I was like, man, I no matter which route I go, it seems like it's going to be a good fit for me either way. Um, and like I said, just the whole interview process, you know, just that experience alone, um, how competitive it was and things like that is something that, you know, was really interesting and beneficial for me. Um, that I also liked about um, the, the the process as well. Um, and so now with me being in, I work for healthcare and family services in the welfare fraud department, which is super interesting. I'll get into that later. But just to get that experience, you know, at the state government level, especially is something that I never thought that I'd even remotely be interested in. And just the experience of being able to network and, like I said, gain that knowledge and experience um, on top of being able to get my master's, being down here with my best friend, you know, and just being in the new environment, you know, is something that, you know, I'm having fun with right now. Um, and yeah, it's just been a great experience so far. So I'm glad with my decision. That's good. I know for us, especially with us being juniors, with me in particular, I feel like I can relate to y'all a lot. Like, I'm a junior now and I'm like, okay, is grad school or law school in particular, like the route to go? I'm like, tuition ain't going to pay itself. If God ain't going to do it, who's going to get it done? Like it's so much. And it's just like, sometimes like you kind of doubt yourself, but it's like with me, like I've been doing more research on like grad school and like law schools and stuff and like trying to find like what's best for me, but something that I've kind of think about or like, within my, like within this term and like within our year, it's like, how can I prepare or what do I need to prepare for? So my question, and also a shout out to Reese's um, advisor with hooking you up with this program and telling you about it and allowing your your friends and everyone else you know to like promote it onto them to kind of help them out for their future as well. Whoever that is, you doing a good job. <laughs> but my question for y'all and Myra as well is how can students prepare for um, doing an internship in grad school and within your particular program as well? Well, I can start. Um, I think one of the best preparations um, for internships, um, and even as Corey mentioned, just the interview process of getting an internship, um, you know, making sure that your resume is um, you know, up to standard and has got all the information on it that you want to convey and that you're using good language and things like that to make your message more um, just out there. Like no one has to wonder what you're trying to convey on your resume, um, as well as interviewing practice. You know, if we allow for this internship program, we allow students to interview up to nine different for up to nine different internships. So you will have a crash course in interviewing by the time you're done. I mean, it's intense. And and as Therese mentioned, we spread it out over the course of the week. Believe it or not, we used to do that all in one day. 
So students would come to campus and they would interview. Sometimes they'd have up to nine interviews, but they would interview just 30 minutes, 15 minute break, 30 minutes, 15 minute break. I mean, it was crazy. So um, the the one week format is slightly less um, fast paced really, but I would say practice your interviewing skills, practice your resume. Um, and then any any type of job shadowing that you can do, if you're unfamiliar with an office environment, um, kind of getting that familiarity is really going to help you kind of start off on the right foot, you know, just being prepared and what to expect would be my advice. I think I can give like a two part answer before you get to grad school and then while you're in grad school. So for the before grad school, definitely do all your research on the different type of grad programs you're looking at. I know Reese was really great about that because every time I went in his room, it seemed like he was, you know, researching a different, you know, program at a different university. So make sure you have all your information so that you can make the best decision for yourself as possible. Um, and then just stay connected with your family as well. You know, that was the biggest thing for me is always keeping my family in the loop. Um, whenever I felt, you know, overwhelmed by, you know, what was coming up next after Knox and things like that. So just try to always keep them in the loop as well. Just that support system around, um, you know, I know is big for myself and I know it's big for Reese and other people as well. Um, and personally, you know, with grad school and the internship, I think, you know, we've all had the benefits of going to Knox and we know how demanding that course curricular curriculum is especially with all the extra extracurricular activities that Knox offers as well as such as clubs and sports and things like that. So that was, you know, kind of my practice to be able to handle the internship and grad classes, you know, coming from Knox where, you know, like I said, I had the demanding schedule and I was an athlete year round in a fraternity and things like that to now being in Springfield with an internship, um, and having to still do classes, it's almost like Knox prepared me to be able to do that. So I don't have this feeling where, you know, I'm overwhelmed or anything like that. You know, I fit right in, you know, because of everything that I had to go through at Knox. So, but even with that, just manage your time, obviously. Um, you know, if you can get ahead, get ahead in your classes so you're not waiting till the last minute. Um, and yeah, just, do those do the little things to make sure that you're always ahead of the game um, and that you're always organized. So that's my yeah, answer. I won't uh, I won't take up too much time with this answer, um, particularly because I'm coming back for spring term to do a success talk for John Haslam. So I'm not sure who's going to see the podcast, but I don't want it to be redundant. It's hard for me to come up with these things. But um, I say for me, the most important things I give some like academic stuff and then some social stuff. So on the academic side, um, make a list of what you want out of a program, right? And, and a lot of people, they're like, oh, this, and right? it could be anything. Like for Corey, he mentioned the proximity to home, right? That was something that was big on my mind when I was looking at, okay, where do I want to spend the next few years of my life, you know? So proximity to home is something else. The programs, um, your student to faculty ratio, right? At Knox, we are a little bit spoiled because we have that 11 to one student to faculty ratio, right? So what kind of environment you want to be in? And I think these are all important things. Also, um, I'm really big on follow the money, 
your first year at law school, you're not allowed to really have too many jobs, you know, and the jobs you do have, it's like, well, are you know, so what are some things that you want to get out? For me, I know that law school is something I still want to attend. So I didn't want to put myself in a situation where if I attended UIS and I'm in the legal studies program, or I'm in the pol- political science program, it's not going to help me advance that, you know? So for me, saw the legal studies program, you have a mix of PhDs and JDs, right? So two different worlds about where I want to go, how I want to see things. That's a perfect blend. Communicate. And I think this is now to the non-academic sides. Communication is probably the most important thing. Um, be honest with yourself. Be honest with whoever you're in contact with. You know, I, and it's one thing I would credit Myra on. She was like as upfront as you can get with something, you know, um, as super, hey, guys, first year, this is kind of the baseline. This is, you know, so this is what's recommended. But of course, some people are outside of that. Some people are below that. I'm a person similar to Corey where year round athlete, all these classes and social clubs and all that stuff. And for my first year, not knowing what I was going to get into with my internship, being in a new place, I didn't want to really load myself up with three, four classes this time around. I just wanted to take two classes that I enjoy that allow me to kind of get my footing, right? Kind of similar to how Knox says your FP is really difficult. So don't pair your FP with 500 level chemistry and biology, you know, kind of take those intro courses, kind of just fill things out, right? Um, But I think that communication is honestly the best thing, especially when looking at the internship program. When I was interviewing, you do have the chance to ask questions. And a lot of it is, for me anyways, um, how do you work with previous interns if you have interns? Like, how are you going to help me balance my school and workload? Because there's times where midterms, right, finals are coming up. So I'm going to, because part of it, you're still a master's student. You still have to maintain that average in the GPA. Well, I can't be your intern if I'm tanking in my classes. So are you understanding that at some points I'm going to have to focus more on my scholastics than at work, you know, and, and just kind of having that open line of communication and what's going on. Um, I'm not sure for Corey's situation, but I know for my situation, I was able to actually interview and I now work with two people who went through the GPSI program. So they actually know a lot of the professors out here and they've done, you know, they're in my shoes. So it's always interesting to kind of get a take on well, this was a GPSI program 10 years ago. Here's what we're doing now, kind of comparing and contrasting. But have that open line of communications. I think sometimes what doesn't get talked about enough in interviews is sometimes like we want like we want to put on our best interests and like what what's out there. But also you have to demand, you know, some things and you can do you can go about that in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to necessarily just kind of take what's given. Be upfront. Hey, I'm first gen college student or whatever. I've never lived in Springfield. These are my classes. This is my schedule. Is this something you can work around? The answer might be yes. Okay, perfect. Sometimes the answer is no, and that's perfectly fine. But at least ask the questions and have this open line of communication before you get there. (laughs) Because once you get there, it's, I don't want to say it's too late, but now that's just a whole nother obstacle that you have to go through. So really don't be afraid to, if there's other Myra's out there and hopefully you're talking to Myra because I think this program is wonderful or other admission counselors, push the envelope. These are my five things that I'm looking for in a school. What does your school have to offer me? And that's totally fine for me. You know, and it's one of those things I talked to Myra about was the money, finance, like financial aid and finances is the biggest one for me. So that's the envelope I push the most. 
you know, um, SLU is again, a school that I mentioned, um, they really couldn't give me much in financial aid, you know? So like when I talked to Myra and they're like, Hey, your tuition is covered. That's a hard envelope for other schools to follow, especially again, with me being out of state It's like, Oh, my tuition's paid for this is taken care of. And I get a stipend. What do you have to compete with that? And a lot of times schools that may go like, Hey, here's your financial aid package. They somehow magically find extra money for you <laughs> once you start doing that. You know, so that, those are kind of my advices on how I would balance those two. Well, our last question would be kind of along with what um, Tyrese and Corey was saying. How do you find a balance between um, doing school and work and internship and social life and family and everything else? I think the short answer is that you don't, right? <laughs> I mean it's really a trial and error. Like I, I wish I can give you the blueprint and say, Hey, you know, the magic number is two hours of work to every one hour of fun, but it, it really just depends on you, you know? And I think, um, the, so glad this is a Knox thing. Cause it's so relatable. Knox has prepared you the best with the, with the term system and stuff. You, you yeah. know that, Hey, well, if I'm picking my own classes, which you do, I actually have a meeting, um, next Tuesday for my own classes, right? My spring term is kind of loaded. I know I have to cut back on some things to make room for things or my winter term is free so I can do more things. That that practice that Knox gives you is a one-for-one transfer here. You know, I, I feel as if um, sometimes though, I will say that um, with society, we kind of give into the, I have to be doing something Otherwise, you know, like I'm not productive or whatever. I think it's real easy to fall into that, at least for the first year. And I doubt this change. Um, if we do this podcast again next year, I, I can update you on that. But um, burnout is a real thing. You know, whether that's classes, whether that's work, whether that's social life, burnout is a, is a real thing. So I think, um, again, just be honest with yourself and what it is that you want to do. I mean, you make your own schedule. And I think that's the beauty of it. Right now, Corey and I, we work part time. So I know for me, the afternoon, the evening time is the time I enjoy the most. Um, so I 8.30 to 1.30, that's my work time, Monday through Thursday, because I know that I, I love three-day weekends and three-day weekends are awesome. And if I ever do need to come in to bank hours, I can do that on Fridays. Um, and that gives me, you know, at least Friday to myself to kind of catch up and, and, and balance things like that. Also, if you if you don't or if you haven't, um, I would make a schedule. I think keeping a schedule, my schedule is color coordinated. Um, I'm not sure about Myers and Corey's, but keeping a schedule is huge because there's been times at Knox where I've like, yeah, Myra, I can do this. And yeah, Corey, I can do this. And then all of a sudden I realize I'm double booked and I can't do this, you know? And I think that will help you prevent some of that, that burnout and help you balance um, your free time. Um, I know for myself, um, obviously like Reese said, our work schedule with them capping us and being part-time for the entire school year, that's really <laughs> helped. So it's kind of like the 8.30 to 1.30, it's done and over with. And then we just have like the rest of our day to do what we need to do. And I know for myself, I didn't know that I was going to be for my program, for my uh, master's in business admin, I'm on the accelerated course schedule. So I actually have eight week classes instead of 16 week classes. 
So I just finished up my first round of classes. I had one class that met every Wednesday night from six to seven thirty ish. And then my other class was asynchronous. And so, you know, when you're working four days a week, five hours, and then you just have really the one class that meets at night, you have all this free time. So you can still have time for somewhat of a social life or still have your leisure time um, to still set aside, you know, for whatever it is you want to do and you don't get too overwhelmed. Um, And even now, you know, I just started my new class. I just have this one class until December 12th. That meets from 6 to 8.30. So, you know, again, being on the accelerated course and they kind of break it up for you. I knew I know like all my classes I'm going to be taking you know, from now until I graduate, just because as soon as I contacted my advisor, when I got into the MBA program, they were like, this is the schedule you're going to have. You can pick your electives, but this is what's going to be beneficial for you if you're doing the GPSI program um, to not get too overwhelmed. So I already knew what I was taking coming into this. And then, you know, as Reese said earlier with, you know, us being able to work four days a week and them capping us, um, you get the best of both worlds. You still have, you know, time to focus on your academics. You have plenty of time for your internship, but there's still a large chunk of time where Reese and I, we want to go to the movies. We can do that. We want to, you know, obviously talk to our families or, you know, take different road trips and things like that. We can do that. So um, the program and the way the academics here, they've really allowed for us to have the best of both worlds when it comes to managing our time for school and leisure time and things like that. So, yeah. And I would just add one, I would just two things add on to them. Um, Cause I've done the grad school work time thing too, but I would say one thing we try to remind our students and the supervisors of our students is that they are just that they are students first. So, you know, a lot of times, sometimes things can be busy and, you know, they need their students more than 20 hours per week and they rely on them very heavily because they are graduate students. There's a different expectation of the work, you know, that these these students are capable of putting out. But at the same time, school comes first and obviously personal family stuff comes first too. But in terms of the hierarchy of student versus intern, we, we try to remind everyone that they are students first. Um, and just to, to tag along to what Corey was saying about, you know, working from 8.30 to 1.30 and then having one class per week, you know, that kind of sounds like a really nice schedule. And a lot of times when I hear students um, or when I'm talking to students outside of like, you know, talking to them about this program, they're like, oh, I don't know. I kind of want to just go start working. I want to I, I want to get out into the work world. I want to start, you know, making money and things like that. And I'm like, if if I could go back to being 22, I decided to start working. I decided to get a full job, full time job and go to grad school at the same time. And it was hard. And so what a lot of students do is they they're in such a rush to get out and get that full time job and then start working that 40 hour per week life. And that life will be there waiting for you for the next 35, 40 years. Right. So if you can take two years and have two years of 20 hour per week work, still making money and still advancing your education, it's it's you're going to thank yourself because if I could go back to being 22 from 22 to 24, do grad school while working part-time instead of full-time, I, I would have. So I would just say, enjoy that time, soak up that time and don't be in a rush to, 
get on with the rest of your life because it will be there. <laughs> and you'll have those days where you're waking up at 6.30 every day and you're walking into your office like today, it's pouring rain and you're like, Ugh, this is the rest of my life, <laughs> you know, like eight, five, this is the rest of my life. And why I love my job and the, my job is really cool because I get to work with students and I get new students every semester, it seems. There's still times where I'm just like, like, like Reese mentioned, just burnout, you know, you're just tired. So if you can soak up that time being a part-time employee, do it. I, we definitely agree. Like we're going into finals and it's just like, there's things that we got to do to prepare for the finals. But it's like, we also have like working in the career center and all the episodes and stuff that we got to get done. It's just like, wow, like the stress level is rising. So it's just like the burnout, I feel it around the corner. And also, I like what Myra was saying about, you know, like your the criteria that the program has and like the expectations, but also understanding like that, you know, Corey and Reese, like y'all are students and like being a student comes first and like understanding like, yes, this program is good for you and there's expectations, but you got to, you know, like take care of yourself and get things done first in order for you to do well within, you know, the program that y'all are a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. I will also add because um, this is, you know, for Knox thing. So I might as well plug it again. I'm I'm interviewing for my own job here at UIS. Um, <laughs> I got to throw it out there. I, I think uh, in terms of like why you should, if that's a question, you know, I, I think for the people who are listening, if you're underclassmen, freshman, sophomore, I wouldn't completely, you know, tune out, turn your brain off yet. Uh, definitely keep your, you know, your ear open. Um, Again, like for Corey, I was that little birdie that was just kind of there. And now look at where he is. Um, 10 out of 10 would recommend. If you are in that junior, that senior, and you're kind of on the fence about, well, what happens? Because I think a lot of times um, what we get told in high school is you have to go to college. And why do you go to college? You get a good paying job. But you go to college and then four years later, you're like, well, what now? You know, um, the average knock student will switch their majors three times before graduation. You know, so I, I, I used to I used to I used to work in, in, in admissions. I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but imagine that. So a person who goes to college for a good paying job will switch what they're interested in three times before they even graduate. You know, so I think the benefit of this program um, is that it's safe. Right. I mean, you get to get real world experience. You're, you're working at a state job and you're doing something that you're interested in. I think that that's a huge one, right? Um, but at the same time, you're still continuing in school, right? So if you're like, I just kind of want to delay the process a little bit before, you know, like Myra said, those 40-hour work weeks and OT and all that stuff kind of happens, this is a really good place. And the best part about it is once you're done here, right? I mean, me personally, I've been in talk with my supervisor and they're like, we really like having you here. So after you're done with the program, we would love to try to get you here in this office. So now I've gone from an internship, right, to to a job that I already know the people, I know how to function. So my interview process looks a little bit, you know, easier. And even if, you know, I come out the two years and that job's not for me or something doesn't work, I've worked in a state job, you know, and Sherry and Myra in the office are really good at like, if you want to continue to work in a state job, there's not... Working in the, for the state is a very competitive thing. So if you can come to a program to get your foot in the door just to test the waters, I think that's phenomenal. 
I also think on the terms of the school things, I know a lot of people are like ill more school. I mean, I'm in school and even I am like kind of, you know, I think one of my downsides that I have about UIS is the fact that with Knox being on those shorter terms, right, we're already cramming 16 weeks into 10 to 12 weeks, right? We're already cramming that stuff. So I'm suffering. If, if I'm being honest with you, it's just like, it's moving so slow where it's like, another week of this you know like i'm ready for for us to go into the another thing so if you're if you can get through knox right not to say that uis is easy or anything but knox does a really good job of preparing you for what this i think it's moving too slow and i work 20 hours a week you know and there's times where like me and Corey, where it's like hey what are you doing tonight typically at knox my answer is i have homework i have a club meeting i have this i I'm at UIS and I'm like, I'm done with my homework for like the next week and a half. You just trying to spend the day at the movies, trying to go to the arcade part, you know, like there's just so much stuff that frees up because of how prepared you are. So, I mean, if I had to make a pro and con list, which I did, right. You know, I did make a pro and cons list. I, 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 I did it again, you know, part of, part of McNair and part of research is to get you to get a PhD. So it was part of my requirement. I don't want to make it seem like I'm just like super student. I only did it because like I had to, you know, like I wouldn't have done it otherwise. I'll be honest. But, you know, I mean, there's really no lose situation here. You get a master's degree. So if you're worried about getting a good job, a master compared to a bachelor's, the master will win out in the long run. You get exposure to a state job. Right. So if you really have no idea what you want to do, but you want to kind of test the waters out, well, you get exposure to how about the state? right? The classes as a Knox student, you are more prepared than what you think you are. More prepared, over-prepared. It will be very boring to you. And it's kind of funny I say this because when I talked to Civitini, my advisor about it, this is the same advice he gave me based on prior Knox students that have been through the program is that they are bored because they, they're over-prepared for the program, right? And, um, and again, your tuition is paid for. Like, how, how can you say no to free money? It, it's out there, you know, and the the connection is great. I mean, I was we went to a sports game not that long ago. And I was like, it's crazy how we go from a prairie fire to a prairie star. It's almost like that transition is destined. You just can't get away from the prairie. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's something that if you are, you know, a junior and you're a senior and even if you're a sophomore and, and you have all these interests, this is something to do. And I think the cool part about it is there's something for everyone. It's not just like political science or, you know, an MBA, but there's things for people who are in STEM. There's a lot of really cool things for people who are who are in STEM. Um, there's bonuses in terms of the work you do for people who are bilingual, trilingual. Like you have some skill at Knox that you possess right now that is needed, that will get you in the door at doing something that you get paid to do like I get paid to do something that I love to do and I get a master's, which just seems like the cherry on top, in my opinion. I'm not trying to persuade you guys to come here by any means. I just I not just want to get that out there. We also have a Starbucks. We also do have a Starbucks. We also have a Starbucks. Starbucks. We here at Your Hired are on a mission to provide concrete and actionable steps that move you closer to your dream job. Our partner and podcast sponsor, Haven, is built to bring you opportunities to develop skills that light you up, gain experiences that move you forward, and build diverse communities to support you. 
To learn more about paid micro-internships, group discussions, and one-on-one mentoring, go to www.joinhaven.com, H-A-E-V-N. The link is in the description, and we hope you take the next step in building your dream career. Thanks for listening.